As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right, over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs. Also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Welcome in to Daily Faceoff Live, your go-to source for everything hockey. Live every weekday at noon Eastern. They let us get to Friday again. Welcome into Daily Faceoff Live, streaming live on the Daily Faceoff YouTube, where we're getting close to 8,000 subscribers. So if you haven't hit it already, go hammer that subscribe button. It is Friday, October 20th. And the show is brought to you by Botano. Big, big, big sports weekend coming up. Playoff baseball, NFL football, and of course, a lot of NHL hockey on Saturday. You can find all the odds over at Botano. Frank Cervalli, our NHL insider. What's going on? Not much. Just uh, recovering from a 12-game slate in the National. Yeah, it was uh, a busy, busy night in the NHL on Thursday. And there are a couple of interesting results to dig into. So let's throw two minutes and 30 seconds up on the clock and start with the golden start in Vegas. The Golden Knights, uh, zero Stanley Cup hang over here, Frank. They're drinking and partying like they are 20-year-olds. They just wake up the next morning, start the next season, boom, they are ready to roll a perfect 5-0. and oh. What's impressed me the most is the goal scoring, though. 19 goals for second in the NHL, but when you go look, like they're getting production from everywhere. Not only do they have five players averaging a point per, getter, point per game or better through their first five games, Frank, they've had 13 different or sorry, 14 different goal scores already this season. The depth and the way they can just basically roll four lines, three pairings and everyone's on the same page. It's really impressive. It's been incredibly impressive, especially after getting a taste of silver that uh, they're right back to that golden start. And you were wondering how might things look? You maybe I don't want to say had some of that depth erode, but when you lose someone like O'Reilly Smith, yes, you're replacing him longer term with Ivan Barbashev, but still there's always that question mark of how will this mesh? And as impressive as the scoring has been to start for the Vegas Golden Knights, what stands out to me more than anything and really was the recipe for success for them to win the Stanley Cup last year is their ability to defend. You look and part of it is they get help from their goaltending, of course, and we'll talk about that in a second. But the way that they've defended to this point um, is equally as good as it was last year in the playoffs. And the fascinating part is just how much some of these teams around the league have taken from the Golden Knights and Bruce Cassidy's system and setup that they're trying to implement on their own team, more of a zone defense style. It's a copycat league. 
it all emanated from the Golden Knights and everyone else is now trying to play catch up. Yeah, it is uh, very impressive what Bruce Cassidy's done in his time there. You mentioned the goaltending, Logan Thompson, two starts, 935 save percentage, and just an insane save last night in that victory over the Jets. Aiden Hill, three games, 951, two incredibly quality goaltenders, Frank. And I mean, you look at Hill, a guy they scooped up from San Jose for depth last season. Comes in, now all of a sudden he's a bona fide number one. I was talking yesterday on uh, one of my Oilers Nation shows like, if there was a best-on-best best tournament this year, Aiden Hill might be the guy for Canada. I mean, he'd be in the conversation for sure, but don't sleep on Logan Thompson because I think he's maybe one of the best value contracts in the NHL, and we'll hit on those in a little bit as well because there have been some excellent starts from some vets with short money deals uh, to start the season. But it's interesting because the next team we're talking about is the Boston Bruins and, and a lot of people sort of universally rank them as the number one tandem in the NHL, not the number one best goalie, but you know, the idea that um, a, a chain is only as strong as the weakest link. Well, the Bruins have to be right up there. Let me tell you this, the Vegas golden Knights, if the Bruins are one can't be much more than two, three or four. Yeah, let's move along and talk about those Bruins. They haven't played as many games as the Vegas Golden Knights, but still a perfect start. And I think this is a perfect start that probably means a lot to both the fan base, the guys in the room, because there were question marks heading into this year, right? No Krejci, no Bergeron. What was this team going to look like? Did they maybe lose some part of their identity? And I think maybe a part of that was overblown because you still got Marshawn. You still got Pasternak rocking his swaggy sunglasses in the outdoor game there. Um, but they have not missed a beat. I talked about Vegas and their offense. I want to talk about Boston, and I think they're being driven by their goaltending, Frank. That duo has just been unreal so far this season with Allmark and Swayman. Their numbers, a one goals against average for Allmark, 203 for Swayman. Save percentages both north of 940. They've been unbelievable. Yeah, one of only three undefeated teams remaining in the NHL. And as good as the goaltending is, and it has been uh for Omar coming off of that Vez in a year, I think what it really does is sell short how elite Boston's defense core is. And they're a big reason why that goaltending is able to stand up as well as it does. Um, you, you know, you look at McAvoy and Lindholm and Carlo, and, and now you're even able to add someone in like a Kevin Shattenkirk on the back end as a power play specialist that can contribute on PP two, like, You've got a lot of different options that you can throw at teams, and they just move incredibly well. Their, their attention to detail defending is what stands out to me. And so people were expecting some kind of drop-off from the Bruins. We know that it's not going to be a historic regular season for Boston as they pick up the pieces after Patrice Bergeron and David Krejci, but there's no reason whatsoever that this team with this defense core and the Goldies that they have backing them up uh, can't be a 100-plus point team this year in the Atlantic. I'm sorry. I've been saying it all along. The stat is still crazy. You could give back 18 wins and still be a 100-point team. Like that, This team is that good and can be on that level. I wanted to ask you a bigger picture question about the Bruins here. Linus Allmark, two more years on his deal, five mil. Jeremy Swayman, 24 years old, RFA at the end of the season. He's making 3.4 right now. I mean, if he has a great season, he could be due for a raise that maybe the Bruins can't afford next summer. Do you think it's a long-term duo in Swayman and Allmark, who we know are very, very tight? 
Is there a chance they one day have to move on from one of them? And by one day, I mean in the next like eight to 10 months. That hug that they have after the game is actually one of the really cool moments in this sport Um, to see a tandem that works that well together. um, It really just helps the overall team dynamic. I, I do think it's at some point is going to become a question of, yes, it's really important to have a second guy that you trust, but Jeremy Swayman is good enough that at some point he's going to need to spread his own wings and be the guy that's playing the lion's share of games with Olmark's contract and the term remaining on it. That probably dictates that it's not going to be Swayman and it's not going to be in Boston. So I, I would think that there's a scenario that pops up in the not so distant future, but probably not this season, more like next off season that you'd have to address something like that. The Bruins went and had to fill a couple holes in their lineup. I mean, you go get James Van Riemsdyk and Kevin Shattenkirk for a combined $2 million. That that goes a long way in rounding out your roster, which ties into our next segment, Frank. The price is right. And I mean, for Bruins GM Don Sweeney, yeah, the price was certainly right on a few of those veterans he scooped up. James Van Riemsdyk is a guy who, you know, in and out of the lineup at times over the last little bit, probably needed a bit of a change of scenery from Philly, but he goes to Boston three goals in three games and he's making a million bucks. He's one of the guys on this board who just look like incredible value deals. But I want to talk about Brandon Hagel a little bit and just how dominant he's been early on. I know the extension kicks in next year, but for this year, it's beautiful. So good, isn't it? And I love that Tampa got ahead of it and said, hey, this is a guy that we think could be on that 40 goal pace um, and be in that mix on a consistent basis. Mm -hmm. And so to lock him up and for him to sign for $52 million this past summer, given where he was sort of a late bloomer that had been counted out at various points in his career. Uh, It's an incredible story and throw that board back up there. There's so many value guys that are in the mix um, that, you know, you look at this year, look, James Van Riemsdyk for a million dollars already, three goals in three games. I'd been saying it, watching him really closely in Philly and how good he felt and having a chance to talk to him last year on the Frankly Speaking podcast. He, that guy takes really good care of himself. Will it surprise me at all if he scores 25 goals this year? No. Statistically, he's sort of been in that range in goals per game, even though he's missed some time due to health, that I think is you could pencil him in there for at least 20. That's right. The range that he's in, especially if he's going to be given the proper support. So Sean Dursey has been a bit of an eye opener in Arizona. Yes. He's a guy that's capable of, of putting up points as we saw in LA, but what's been crazy to watch in Arizona has been the workload and minutes that Sean Dursey has played. So uh, certainly no shortage of some value contracts out there. Tommy Novak, uh, Connor Dewar, all those guys that are really, uh, having strong starts to seasons that you need on teams in a fourth consecutive year of a flat cap environment. Yeah, Novak was going to be the one I pointed out. 26 years old now playing for the Nashville Predators. He's only 83 games into his NHL career. He's popped on 20 goals already. Like this is a dude over the course of 82. Seems like he can get you 20. Uh, Tommy Novechkin is a great story. I wanted to pick your brain a little bit, Frank. What a guy in Daniel Sprong in Detroit, who scored a couple of times now in just four games, making that $2 million AAV. When you go back and look through his career, it's like he's been productive in so many of his stops, but he never stays there for like more than a year and a half at a time. It's always so puzzling to see a dude who, again, 20 goal pace, 20 goal pace, 20 goal pace, and just bouncing around spot to spot. And like, it's not like he's ever been overpaid either. And it's not even pace. Last year, he actually did it. 
Yeah. In and 66 then, games. Yeah, in Seattle. And then all of a sudden it's like, hey, yeah, we're we're moving on. This guy wants a raise. And I'm thinking to myself, what what goes wrong there? What is the thought process? Um, you know, why is he someone that's always on the move? Is it work ethic? Is it compete? You know, what drives a coach crazy or frankly, multiple coaches crazy when you can squeeze out 20 goals from a guy that doesn't make a lot? You, you got to take the good with the bad and allow players to just do what makes them successful. Yeah. Um, and if he pops home again, 2025 for Detroit, they're going to be laughing for 2 million bucks again, a dude that they just scooped up for nothing in free agency. So a handful of value deals off to hot, hot starts around the league. Uh, Frank, let's move on to a new segment we're doing every Friday. It's the generous guy slash gal. And it's brought to you by our friends account crown Royal generosity lives in the small things crown Royal crown everything frank i'll let you go first who's your generous guy of the week or gal? it's brad marchand who's typically pretty generous but check out this clip from san jose on thursday night brad marchand the sign says i got married in your jersey number 63 i'll refrain from commenting on exactly how weird that is and it looks like her husband standing behind there is definitely in approval of this uh yeah, a little bit odd for me, but I love that Brad Marchand, he's a man of the people. He's going to get the puck yeah. to whoever is necessary uh, in order to score the goal. Yeah, that is, yeah, we'll, we'll leave the weirdness off to the side and give stick, ta stick taps to uh, Brad Marchand. I wanted to give mine to the entire Ottawa Senators organization. Frank, I really like the move they're doing, bringing back Craig Anderson on the old one-day contract, giving him a chance to retire as a senator. I know it's one of those things that's kind of like whatever maybe a little meaningless or overdone, but it always hits me in like a soft spot. I, I have a soft spot for it. Um, You look at Anderson and that run he had, parts of 10 seasons with the Senators, that great playoff run in 2017 when he had like a 922 save percentage, but also a deep connection with the Sens organization and the fan base because of the tough moments he went through uh, during his time there off the ice as well. So again, I, I know this happens a lot, the one-day contract thing, but I think this one just feels a little bit more special. Yeah, and I think it feels more special because this is the first sort of glimpse into how Michael Anlauer is going to run the Sens. He has to reconnect with the community. That's been the big thing that's missing. All of a sudden, he takes over. Daniel Alfredson out on the ice for practice. Craig Anderson signing a one-day contract. It might feel somewhat meaningless to me or you or a lot of people around the league, but in that market, for that individual to bring everyone back into the fold together... Uh, I think really means something that uh, they're righting some wrongs that have taken place over the last 10 plus years with the Sens organization and the way they were run. Yeah, one of those uh, feel good moments for Anderson, who is uh, working in the Sabres organization right now as well. A guy who you could just tell he's due for a long career after his playing career in hockey. Um, one of the game's good guys. Uh, so there you go. There's our generous guy slash gal for the week. Brought to you by Crown Royal. Crown everything. We're going to get to our pal Nick Alberga in just a second. But first, a message from Crown Royal. It doesn't take a million dollar donation or name on a hospital wing. This. This is where generosity lives. there you go uh moving along to our fantasy hockey talk brought to you by doordash with restaurants groceries pharmacies bakeries flower shops and more 
there's a lot to get to because DoorDash has everything you need to make the holidays special. Shout out to DoorDash. For a limited time, our Canadian listeners can get 25% off and zero delivery fees on their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app. And that's the code NATION25, NATION in all caps. Nick Alberga, he's a guy who's going to be using DoorDash this weekend, and he's stopping by our show to give us some fantasy hockey advice. Nick, I want to start with maybe some slow starters around the league that you're looking at and going, this, this might not just be a bad four or five games. These might be guys you want to sell off your fantasy team. Happy afternoon or start to the Friday, boys. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I should preface by saying I'm always I, I'm not a quick trigger type fantasy owner. So I like to take my time with decisions. Having said that, as you mentioned, there are some names where you start to wonder, like, what's going on here? It's crazy for me to say, and I'm so careful to doubt this guy, but Alex Ovechkin, something just different. It's off with this Washington Capitals team, guys. Uh, they look slow. They look old. It's been a really, really weird start. And on top of that, Ovechkin, who you more times than not can hammer that shot prop, he's got back-to-back games of zero shots on goal. But I'm still giving him the benefit of the doubt. He's definitely on my watch list right now. Another guy I'm looking at is Timo Meyer with the New Jersey Devils. And this is more so, and it's something I brought up in the offseason, there's only one puck to go around in New Jersey. And I wonder if the lack of exposure to like a Jack Hughes in the top line, at least right now, what that means for the fantasy value of Meyer, you see the stats on your board right there, still pointless through three games. It's very, very early on. Again, it's important to stress that. And the last name I'd bring up is Connor Hellebuck. I, again, I just wonder about the Winnipeg Jets in the grand scheme of things here in this season, what type of team they are. I think they're a middling team. Gabe Velarde goes down. They're a team looking for identity right now, and I think it's going to be a, a long season for Connor Hellebuck. So probably a guy I'm fading right now. But again, very, very early, just some names to monitor for sure. All right, so let's flip it around, Nick, and let's talk about some guys that are off to slow starts that team that owners may have already sold off that you want would want to buy on right now. Yeah, so that's a thing too, right? Because there's a lot of players who have been surprise performers uh, early on, right? Like Joel Erickson, that comes to mind. I just wonder about Matt Boldy being hurt right now. Um, you know, I think sell high candidates. I think you have to wait a couple of weeks. I'm not sure anybody's going to jump at these type of players just now, but. Um, I, I just don't see the attachment long-term this season to Kirill Kaprizov. They got Hartman with them right now. Again, a lot can change, but Joel Eriksson Eck is the guy I'd probably sell high on right now. Brady Shea goes without saying contract here with the Carolina Hurricanes. They're such a fascinating team, guys. Like There's so many studs in that back end with Carolina, specifically on the power play like D'Angelo Burns. They got Slavin. They got Pesci. Like The list goes on and on. I just don't think this is sustainable for a guy like Brady Shea, even if he's in a contract here. And the last would be Carter Hart, as you see again on your screen right there, off to a really, really good start. It is really, really early. I'm just not a believer, sadly, in the Philadelphia Flyers. I think Carter Hart's a great goalie, and I think at some point in time, maybe they move him or look to move him. Um, and I know in the offseason, maybe they looked at that a bit. Uh, but I just don't see the long-term staying power of a Carter Hart at those type of numbers this season. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. 
We had John a couple of weeks ago to give some advice to people before they drafted. And I wanted to yeah. give you a chance to maybe pat yourself on the back a little bit, Nick. We were asking you about players in new markets that could break out, some bounce back candidates. Is there anyone who's off to a flying start earlier this year, early this year? And you're pointing them being like, that's not a fluke. That's not a four or five game heater. Like, I believe in this guy to have long term success. Well, we'll look past uh, Connor Brown in that call because, oh boy, with the Edmonton Oilers, took him about seven shifts. He's now on the third line, irrelevant again. I like a name you guys actually just brought up, Sean Dursey. Um, I know I got some heat after doing my hit with you guys. How can this guy come on and say Sean Dursey's going to get 50 plus points? Well, he's off to a pretty That's damn good That's not what start. we gave you heat for, just so you know. Yeah, I know. It was a nice call, right? I said nice. Yeah, I was saying Matthew Nice for Calder when Connor Bedard's on the ice and then yeah, Logan Cooley's yeah. on the ice. And it was like, all right, we just wiped everything that you just said because yeah. you said that. Yeah, I got like No, Sean Dursey, he's show. been averaging a 45 point face. Did not surprise me to hear you say 50. Yeah, so Jersey's a guy I'm high on. I, I love the fact that he runs that first power play. And the other one I've been really high on is Alex Debrinkit. Um, I just, I, I'm not sure, careful to say, but like, you know, the Ottawa Senators, I don't think it was the best fit. We'll say that. So he's a Michigan native. He's back home. He's gelling so far with uh, a guy like Dylan Larkin. I like that fit quite a bit. I mean, would I jump as high as to say that he's going to be a guy who's the number one fantasy ranked player this season? Probably not. But I love the appeal of an Alex Debrinkit. I still think there's the opportunity, a sliver of hope to maybe buy low on this guy right now. But he's off to the the type of start you need in the season. So those are a couple guys that stand out. Uh, Jonathan Hubert is off to a pretty good start. Elias Lindholm, guys like that who we really, really looked at the the value and said buy low on these guys. Like Victor Hedman's another guy who comes to mind. So there was some value to extract certainly from your drafts here. Yeah, 100%. I've also been really impressed with a guy like Seth Jarvis in Carolina. Yeah. I mean, with Svechnikov still not playing yet, Jarvis is, and he probably will be when Svechnikov's back, but he is locked into that top line on Carolina. He's producing like crazy. Yeah, I love the contract you guys too, like uh, Tavo Teravon and guys like that, mm -hmm. or it's like Brady Shea. Like, uh, they, they seem to play above expectation, and quite frankly, it is one of my strategies when drafting a fantasy roster, and I'm sure it is for you, Ty, as well. Like, I need a couple guys on my roster with the motivation of money. Does it always pan out? No, it doesn't. But more times than not, you're likely to hit in a couple of these guys. And yeah, there's a lot of contract year guys off to really, really good starts. There's actually one in Toronto who's doing pretty well, too. Who would that be, Nick? Uh, <laughs> I don't know who you're talking about. Uh, Willie Nylander. Is he staying? Is he going? We'll have Frank on Leafs Morning Take one day to find that out. There you go. I wanted this tee up for a nice little Leafs Morning Take plug. Uh, that's where you can find Nick Monday through Friday, 11 a.m. Eastern with his pal, Jay Rosehill. Uh, Nick, appreciate the time talking a little fantasy hockey. It's brought to you by DoorDash. Again, that promo code NATION25 in all caps. Our Canadian listeners can get 25% off and zero delivery fees on their first order of $15 or more when they download the DoorDash app and enter that code. Thanks, Nick. Have a good weekend, man. My pleasure. You guys as well. Take care. Moving along to our daily face-off inbox question, hashtag AskDFO. Frank Cedric is in and wants to know what you think about the Flyers' hot start. They got Sean Couturier back, producing Cam Atkinson a couple of goals last night as well. Is this just a flash-in-the-pan hot starter, or maybe the Flyers about to prove a bunch of people wrong this year? So I said it in our you know, division previews on the DFO rundown, and I think people are looking at me like I had nine heads saying, I think the Flyers are going to be better this year than a lot of people realize. Yes, they got rid of Ivan Provorov. Yes, Kevin Hayes is gone. 
But when you add back Sean Couturier and Cam Atkinson and, and Couturier looks like he hasn't missed a beat and is back ready to be among the elite NHL centers at both ends of the ice, that's probably a pretty scary thought and is going to keep Danny Briere, the GM, and, and Keith Jones, their president of Hockey Ops, awake at night because they're supposed to be going in the other direction and no one's ever going to tank. But when the players you have in your lineup and have term are producing... And consider this common thread. You heard Jay Woodcroft drop an F-bomb in his postgame. And you heard Rick Tockett call his team soft. Those are back-to-back nights in Philly, Canucks and Oilers. News flash to everyone around the NHL. John Tortorella's teams work. If you don't show up to play and compete, you won't win. So that work ethic and the talent that they've added back in means that to me, the Flyers are probably going to exceed some expectations and are probably going to go from being a 75-point team to an 80- or 82-point team. They're going to squeeze out a few extra wins. So um, especially in the early going, while teams are coming in, feeling good about themselves and not really considering that they're going to get a fight from the Flyers. Teresa was in on the YouTube as well and wanted us to give our game of the weekend. I got a couple that jump out to me. You got a 1 p.m. Eastern start on Saturday between Detroit and Ottawa. Two three and one teams who are going to be neck and neck probably the for one of the last revenge round. game. Yeah, the Brinkett revenge game as well. He talked a little bit about how he, he's not really expecting a warm welcome back to Ottawa. He shouldn't, uh, especially not the way it ended. And he kind of was really clear, I'm not coming back here. But I don't know if the trade ends up working out well for both sides because I think Detroit squeezed, uh, you know, squeezed them into not having to give up much. But I'm never going to fault a guy or knock a guy for wanting to go home. What I will knock a guy for is wanting to go home and then signing in Columbus. But that's a whole separate story. Yeah, I don't know. We don't need to get into that. Also, uh, seven o'clock Eastern Saturday night, Tampa and Toronto meeting for the first time since their head-to-head playoff battle last season. So a couple of good games on tap on a Saturday night, but let's zero Connor in. Bedard's on. first uh, first home game as well yeah. against the Vegas Golden Knights. We'll see what that's like. And I actually think the one of the later games, uh, Carolina-Colorado, is a potential cup final preview. The 4-0 and Colorado Avalanche in that one. So, uh, yeah, plenty of good games on tap Saturday. Let's zero in on the two games happening tonight in the NHL. It's our Botano Daily Bets Patano.ca. The game starts now. Patano, uh, two picks for you, Frank, on two games. Not getting cute with the player props. Just two straight-up plays I like in this one. Rolling with the over between Calgary and Columbus. The over is hit in three of four for the Calgary Flames so far this season. It's only hit once for Columbus, but I still like the chances of this one being high scoring. The Flames are on back-to-backs as well. I think that should open up the game a little bit and create a little more offense. And then out in New York, the Islanders hosting the Devils. And I was surprised to see this line be as close as it was. I think the Devils are going to come out very inspired after Lindy Ruff gave them the old bag skate the other day, calling guys out, benching guys. I think the Devils will respond to their head coach. I think it's that kind of group. So give me the Devils on the money line and the Flames on, or sorry, the Flames Blue Jackets over. And I am tempted to go Devils on the puck line just because it's two over two to one. Like, damn, that's tempting. Yeah, I mean, the Islanders haven't lost yet, right? So they're only two and zero. It's not like they're five and zero. Yeah, two and zero, and and one of their wins was a one nothing win over Arizona. Um, 
it's odd how few games they've played. Like some teams have played five, closing in on six on Saturday night, and the Islanders are only at two. And both of them have been at home. So maybe this was payback for a couple years ago with the old schedule maker and that crazy road trip to start their year. But um, yeah, I like that the Devils at least have been more vocal to this point for the, the team that has expectations. Like you haven't really seen the same sort of like, I don't want to say panic, but you haven't seen the same sort of being put on alert as you have in, I don't know, Edmonton, for instance, the way Jay mm-hmm. Wood responded. Uh, it, it hasn't been the same as what Lindy Ruff has said. Tyler Mulek in the chat says, give me the Adam Fantilli shot prop in this one. Uh, so the Columbus Blue Jackets super rookie been uh, been hitting that prop quite a bit as of late. Uh, let's I was going to say, we we talked about uh, the generous guy uh, from our friends at Crown Royal. You know what else has been pretty generous? You mentioned Fantilli. So Leo Carlson scored in his NHL debut on Thursday night. That means the first, second, and third overall pick in the NHL this past draft, they all scored, got at least one point in their first NHL game. It's the first time that's happened in 15 years. You have to go back to the Victor Hedman, Matt Duchesne draft uh, to see a, a group of players, one, two, and three, jump into the NHL in the same year yeah. and also score a point. So, uh, a generous draft class as well from our friends at Crown Royal. I like that one, Frank. Uh, let's wrap up the show with a little bit of garbage time. It is brought to you by Wendy's and their new obsession, the barbecue bacon cheeseburger, freshly added to the Wendy's lineup. Enjoy the apple with smoked bacon and crispy onions as cheese melts over the fresh, never frozen Canadian beef. And for our Canadian listeners, Frank, they're going to have a chance to compete with us coming up right away in our Daily Faceoff Survivor game. It's going to be up at the site, so keep it locked on dailyfaceoff.com. For garbage time, Frank, there was a little social media uh, chirp that you really liked. I just love that teams are beginning to get spicy on social media. And like uh, the Arizona Coyotes, maybe they were pulling our chain a bit last year when they were like, hey, well, let's have a poll of where we're going to play our games moving forward. Like they've been right on brand. And I love that they uh they they beat the St. Louis Blues and they're like, see you later, St. Louis. And they bold the L and then it. Look, they take the Blues logo here and turn it backwards, and it says St. Losers. Uh, This is what we should see more of in pro sports. It's always so serious. You can always see some GM checking it on his phone, phone, like getting pissed off about why so-and-so would turn up the heat against another opponent. It should all be in good fun. This is supposed to be everyone's release and entertainment not something uber serious. So I love that the Coyotes are uh, spicing it up a bit on social media. St. Losers. Oof, that, That's good. That hurts. To steal a line from Ilya Brizgalov, it's just a game, right? It's just a game. Why you have to be mad? Why, why you have to be mad? All right, that's uh, going to be a wrap on a fresh or on a week of shows on Daily Faceoff. All of them brought to you by Botano. A big shout out to our producer, Gavin Turnick and Pat Puff on the graphics. Also, everyone who's in the YouTube chat this week, you are awesome. We'll be back Monday, noon Eastern time. We'll chat with you then. Thanks for tuning in to Daily Faceoff Live. Make sure you hit the subscribe button to never miss an episode.